0: for the podcast well we've
1: already place. started recording the podcast like i clicked record like one sentence ago so richard and oh, carl oh, presents oh. deep space and dragons i do have royalty-free best kawaii magical girl music mm. even though that is not the topic we picked
0: <laughs>
1: but i refuse <laughs> I to change Hawaii, it
0: <laughs> uh, and and those sound tests Screw sound
1: tests. oh yeah no i just went straight to let's listen to some peppy would-be j-pop type music And then talk about narrative structure in novels, because you've tuned into Deep Space and Dragons for, like, one episode a week for almost a year now. And you know that you can't actually expect us to talk about anything in particular. (laughs) Like, the only thing you can bet on is at one point I'll dunk on Bleach, while low-key hoping the sequel is good.
0: So I'm Carl.
1: Oh yeah, I'm Richard. I should probably mention that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and this is our, our podcast, but, but before we begin, uh, what's, new, what's new with Richard?
1: So, I recently binged Animaniacs in the background while working on my new audiobook, and mm-hmm. at one point Yakko says, you are a Mobius strip of incompetence, and that is, no, the brain says it, sorry, is you're a Mobius strip of incompetence, and the more I thought about it, the more clever that insult got, <laughs> and that is my new favorite insult of all time, because <laughs> it's just like, yeah, no, it's just you, you keep following it, and because if it flips, no, you're just infinitely disappointing. It's great.
0: <laughs> that is a pretty pretty great insult.
1: So I've also started like receiving auditions for the audiobook version of The Waltz of Blades, which is super exciting. Starting to work on mm-hmm. that. Don't want to give too many spoilers, because like I said, I've just been receiving auditions. But there's something trippy about people reading your the world is but a single creature and like their best voice actor thing and sending it to you. I'm like, Oh man, this is, I'm a big deal right now. This is great. People are sending me auditions. I feel like a big shot. So That, that would be a lot of gratification from that for sure. And other than that, it's just more of the combination of tutoring, zoom meetings. Oh, I wrote up a written account of my police story. And that's going to make it Ooh. into like, oh, did I tell you my police story?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, there was a whole episode that we did on our podcast. All right, episode. just
1: making sure, because like interesting things don't actually happen to me that often. Like, what's new with Vlad is typically, or Richard, depending. So you're aware, our loving audience, <laughs> Richard and Vlad are interchangeable names for me. And I did this to myself. There's no one to blame but me. This is some kind of like cosmic punishment for the hubris of my youth. <laughs> but moving on from that Because <laughs> I don't think we've told where the Vlad nickname comes from in a podcast and uh, Definitely not And we probably never will <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, other than making killer progress on my new book Branching out on this whole audiobook endeavor Helping people line edit and tutoring No big school events this week Because we've been busy trying to like Figure out like oh the great Rogers internet drought. I almost somehow didn't tell you about this, our loving viewers. Okay, okay. So Rogers Mobile is one of the big companies in Canada. For those listening uh, outside,
0: just put in perspective uh, they they accounted for twenty five percent of Canada's internet traffic.
1: So when they went out of business this weekend, by out of business I mean got attacked by Apokolomon or. Bass.exe or some kind of fictional anime villain that lives in the internet. I lost Mm -hmm. cell service, I lost texting, and I lost the internet for three straight days. Just me losing its fair game. I should probably turn off my computer once in a while. But it knocked out hospitals, emergency rooms, the entire university slash college, and like basically put Canada back into a dark age for a weekend because they somehow account for a quarter of all of our communication.
0: Okay, yes, I don't. Uh, debit transactions were down for all of Canada, because Interact as our, our main debit transaction processor, and they appear to use Rogers. Uh, but for my business, we just said no debit, and I think we lost maybe like 50 orders. Well, you see... My
1: business continued as normal. Well, because your business, your actual phone lines were, I assume, SaskTel, yeah?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. The, we're, we're, Saskatchewan was way better off because we have our, our own crown corporation, which has its own set of issues, but it's it definitely uh, diversified us from from the Rogers apocalypse.
1: So Saskatchewan, I love when Saskatchewan survives by speeding simultaneously behind the times and ahead. It's kind of like it's like, yeah, we don't daylight savings because we never jumped on board that train. I'm like, you know what? Way to be. Way to be, Saskatchewan. So, A, I could give a big speech about why I support Crown Corporations for our telecommunications, but I'm just going to show the example that the pizza place down the street from my house just closed because they couldn't get delivery orders in. (laughs) They just gave up. They weren't going to have enough foot traffic in to even justify existing. Bad day for pizza. So, yeah, like, when your emergency room goes down, your phone lines in your emergency room go down because a private company dropped the ball, there might be a strong argument for there being, you know, like, A public phone line is an option just to, you know, not have Rogers Mobile able to wipe out 25% of our GDP if they so desired. I'm just saying that might be too much power. That's Saitama punching someone to Jupiter. Like, why would you ever need that much power? So, that was my weekend is I played Fire Emblem Warriors, read a book, sipped a latte, and lived my best life and no one could bother me. So, yesterday I had to do all my work I didn't do on Friday cuz I couldn't. Right, right. So yesterday was me answering emails for 8 straight hours and today has been pretty chill. <laughs> well, not quite 8 straight 8 hours of emails. There's also Zoom meetings and other things that had happened. Right, right. But that was where most of my weekend went was I had no internet, so I just kind of relaxed and shipped anime characters while playing a beat 'em up game. It was delightful. <laughs> so, what's new in the Carlverse? Uh, well, I—I uh, I told you off-stream already, but—but but, uh, <laughs> you broke the illusion. They only think we talk on stream. The idea we're friends outside of our dedicated stream times. You just broke the illusion wide open. Fourth wall shattered to dust. But continue. Well,
0: I mean, I was
1: <laughs> sorry. Oh no. No, that's just me choking you with my force powers. But please continue. <laughs> um, Vader got your tongue. It
0: was a very productive, uh, productive uh, weekend for me because uh, you know it went to Costco, got a new phone.
1: Didn't uh, didn't choke on your aspirations. That's what I was supposed to say no. there. Continue. Um,
0: it was like a two hundred dollar phone, two hundred dollars Canadian, which like
1: I is like eight dollars American.
0: This phone is absolutely bonkers for the for the price. And like I've, I've seen a lots a lot of uh, channels to talk about different budget phones, and they're like they're talking U.S. dollars, and it's like this phone has got to be like a hundred bucks U.S. Like it's so cheap, and yet at the same time, it actually seems like it's you know, unbeatable for the price, and actually maybe might may even be decent,
1: and doesn't go out of business when Rogers decides to drop the ball. <laughs> No, our podcast is absolutely never going to be sponsored by Rogers. Now I burned that bridge to ash. But <laughs> please continue. But um, uh,
0: so you well, know, I got a new phone and I cleaned up my Jeep and we like I I had a great weekend where I did lots of stuff that I that I kind of been putting off. Nice. Uh, but then I was like, you know what? I put a bunch of stuff off. Now it's time to get my my Jeep ready for summer because uh, Jeeps are inherently convertibles, although. When When you have a hardtop, it is uh, surprisingly obnoxious obnoxious to to take it off.
1: As I love to... Oh, your Jeep. So I can't judge you for having a vehicle, you know, because I don't. We took our driving classes together. You got a license. I didn't. I'm definitely not the (laughs) victor of the story. But I low-key, the idea that your vehicle is module just has this headcanon where a group of banditos come up and just take the roof and doors off your Jeep and leave.
0: Like, okay so to get the to get the doors off you have to have the doors open. Uh but once you have the doors open yeah you could just take the top and, and doors if you wanted. But since I don't take them off in the winter time obviously. Um they, uh, the doors get super hard to uh to take off because there there's just two uh little bolts you have to unscrew. And then you just lift the door up and out of the door hinges. But uh they, they just, just get stuck, stuck in the door hinges. hinges, and so then I I had to actually go out and buy a rubber mallet and WD forty, and then I had to hammer at my door for like fifteen minutes to try and get this stupid <laughs> door hinge on. <off.
1: laughs> at least it and rhymes with
0: orange. It, it was like a, it was like an exercise. Uh, like I was like legitimately like
1: sweating and out of breath from hammering this freaking door. So I mean, first off, I'm planning to get up some merch at some point, some new artwork. With with my beautiful new cover art on some T shirts, mm-hmm. but I kind of like the D shape and dragons T shirt that just says has a Carl quote. It's like I woke up a sweat hammering this door. It's just great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, really, like I bought a brand new hammer and it's already all uh, like a rubber mallet, uh, <laughs> and it's already all like mangled because like
1: I was just going ham. Are you sure you're not just Beowulf hammer. and are just too strong for weapons? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe, but
0: basically, yeah, what it wants to do with me is uh, I, I uh, got my my Jeep ready for summer, and I got got a new phone that's super cheap, but hopefully, uh, is not going to just
1: explode. I mean, even if it we'll does, see. it costs you less than one Nintendo Switch game plus a coffee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was pretty dirt cheap. Uh,
1: plus, my snide remark at the slowly increasing game prices, while also filling them with microtransactions and other nonsense. <laughs> but moving on on game prices. So, I believe our topic this week is we're going to try and write a book together. And this podcast is going to be mostly hypothetical because I don't want to make promises. But also, right. if we do successfully write a book together, you heard it here first. And if you like, subscribe, and comment on this episode, you'll let us know which of our following book ideas are what we're going to actually commit to and write. Because we had it narrowed down to a top one. But I'm a very flip-floppy human being, so the other ones will probably get mentioned over the course of this episode.
0: Well, well, I mean, how flip-floppy
1: are you? Because I mean, like... I mean, like, Summertime Crocs in Assault Mode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Summertime Crocs in Assault Mode. (laughs) uh, What was it? It was... Somewhere I, I described a character in my novel's Shoes, and they don't have the technology for crocs, but I very clearly described, like, ye old wooden crocs. <laughs> it was like, so the Aquamancer could feel water on his feet while standing in a river. And it's just mm. like, this, I just hope that every person is like, no. And then they think about the description I gave of the shoe. It's like, he did not invent a croc. Absolutely not. But they are in fact the least water resistant shoe ever conceived. They are very holy shoes. Doo <laughs> I, I like how I went Sephiroth instead of like oh, I went doo doo doo. Note I am not musically talented. My apologies to a host of communities. I am offended with my attempt to make a noise. But okay, okay.
0: So let's let's just uh to go over what our four ideas were in our last meeting that we hopefully
1: actually narrowed down. Absolutely, because I think this recap will be some quality entertainment. So, to give a little bit of backstory, me and my esteemed co-host have been wanting to work on a group writing project for a while since he approached me and said we should do a group writing project. And he had a fantastic pitch for his first idea. For anyone who wasn't me. Because it's like, oh, we should do this gritty horror story and i'm like fun fact about me gore makes me queasy medicine makes me icky and i'm a coward so i'm like i see what you're saying here this is a great novel pitch but i don't think i'm the partner for this project i'm funny charming and dramatic but i'm also not scary i've never threatened somebody in my life and had them think i wasn't joking (laughs) I'll be like, I'm going to take your aloe wipes and replace them with regular wipes. And I'm going to replace your cinnamon with cumin. That'll learn you. And somehow they don't feel intimidated. I don't get it.
0: Mm, Replace cinnamon with cumin. That'd be terrible.
1: (laughs) Yeah, take that. Cinnamon
0: sugar toast and it's just like cumin sugar toast. I
1: know. I put it on par with your pancake recipe. (laughs) So the first pitch was a fantastic horror story. That And I ended up being like, this would be a better solo project for you, my friend. Mm-hmm. So then we started our brainstorming, and I'll let you... We're going to do like a number four kind of like dramatic countdown for no reason. So, okay, okay. Number four! And this-
0: uh, well, so as you're aware, uh, Vlad is working on... Uh- uh, his,
1: uh, his novel. I, mean, yeah, I like it's Richard universe, and Carl but, uh, present right on the title and now I'm just going to go by Vlad. That's great. That's going to confuse people for no reason, <laughs> but please continue. <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
0: Sorry.
1: It's been established. It's it, fine.
0: It, yeah, it came up earlier in this episode. That That'll be fine. Nickname. <laughs> it'll, it'll be fine. <laughs> Richard is working on, on a novel. Um, on, a, on a series of novels, uh, which I don't know have you officially, like, named the, the trilogy? Like, is, is the Dances of the War? Is, is that is that's an pretty
1: official name, or is there an official name? It's a pretty good tentative official name. So to give a little insider baseball on the mad science that is my writer brain. I wrote my first novel being like, yeah, I'm going to write a novel. And I'm like, oh, no, I cannot fit the story in one novel. Better split it into three. Huh, I guess I'm doing a trilogy now. So because my brain was working like that, no. There was no trilogy name thought of, but we're like, yeah, Dances of War trilogy. I'm like, I might steal that. I might give you a shout out <laughs> in the dedication page, and then it's mine.
0: Well, you know, the first one was Waltz of Blades, the second one is Minuet of Sorcery, and I'm assuming the third one is going to have some sort of like uh, dance. That would be the, well.
1: That would be sensible. Yes. <laughs> um. But, right and, now it's tentatively uh, okay. the aria of our. Arca- it was like a, tentatively the aria of something but that doesn't mm. even quite fit. But uh, anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking Tango. Tango would be a good one.
1: Oh man. Going from a waltz to a Tango is pretty fantastic.
0: <laughs> but anyways disregarding uh, that uh, future site for now. Um, my first, first idea, idea number four uh, was uh, to create side stories to help flesh out uh, the world building because, like, there, there obviously is a world with, like, rules and, and, and ideas going on in this story, but there's also a lot that goes unsaid. And, you know, the readers have to infer.
1: And it's part of what makes it a good story. But... So when my esteemed co host comes to me with this, yeah, I'm like, immediately I love it because Original Gundam is the worst Gundam series. but Gundam the 8th MS team Gundam 0080 Gundam 0083 it's like oh yeah no the nerd in me loves the side story angle like Fantastic Mm -hmm. Beasts and Where to Find Them if they took out every Harry Potter character and just focused on the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them that would have been by far the best Harry Potter movie so like Mm -hmm. I'm team well done side story like Honestly, I find side stories, the only problem is when they are not willing to commit to being side stories. Like, I've said on stream Mm -hmm. a few times, Star Wars Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels are actually just better than Star Wars. Like, they're Mm. just the superior. Rogue One was the best Star Wars movie, and it was literally just them filling a plot hole. Literally fixing a plot hole. (laughs) Like, so I was on board with side stories. But the reason Mm -hmm. this is down to number four, I'm like, okay, so... There's a lot of work that goes into... So before I was one of those at whim d and Ding my novel. If I need a city to exist, I just put a city. If I need a river, yeah. I just draw a river. But if I have a collaborator deliberately making side stories with me, I need to make a Star Trek writer's guide. I need to like put in writing how things work. But that's mm-hmm. not why we didn't do it. Something didn't occur to me. So my best friend, oh Loyal Carl... Not at all my spy. Mm-hmm. My spy's position behind him poisoning his tea. But Carl mm-hmm. is actually enjoying my trilogy. And the only way I can do these side stories involves starting off by spoiling everything. Because <laughs> if you want someone to write a side story, like, for example, mm-hmm. E.C. Myers did the fantastic three side stories for Ruby, which mm-hmm. follow Team Coffee, Team Sun, and Neo and Torchwick. He kind of needed to watch Ruby, mm-hmm. And he might not have been given spoilers to what happens past season seven, because he said his his stories parallel with the seasons that were airing or a prequel outright. Mm-hmm. But the knowledge he would need of the series almost removes him a layer from being able to enjoy himself as a fan. He can't watch it with mm-hmm. the same lens anymore because he has to watch yeah, it as yeah. like a character study lens. He needs to know how these characters think, how they act, how the world works. Mm -hmm. And for the record, go buy UC Myers's books. Great guy. Love him. Give him some money. (laughs) But yeah. So for the side story idea, that's still like, it could go, but I honestly think a, once I finish my second book, there'll be more source material to work with. Mm -hmm. And B, I don't want to take away your enjoyment of it by spoiling it. So then you can help me make more of it for now. So, right, right. that was idea number four, shortcomings. I think I condensed our, like, six-hour conversation on this down reasonably.
0: Ah, uh, fairly, fairly so. so. I mean, I mean now we're on to the next, next one. one. Uh, number three. three!
1: Nice, ten out of ten. <laughs> we are awesome. Uh, idea number three. I'll let you take the reins on this one. Uh, <laughs> so, so, idea number three. Um, so... This will probably
0: end up being a, a podcast episode of its own. Uh, but there is an absurd number of series which have um, a main character being a reincarnated hero
1: or villain. Or
0: villain. Or, villain. or well, usually both. If there's a reincarnated yeah. hero, there's usually also a reincarnated villain. Um.
1: And I mean, it's a narrative and, goldmine. Like, I can think of lots of examples that did this. Even One Piece pulled that card recently. Oh. He's technically the reincarnation of Joy Boy, who eat the Goad God fruit. It's a whole thing. <laughs> okay. And they totally pulled that one out of their butts for the finale of Naruto. Which mm. I hated how Naruto handled it. I just gave a bad example. But that doesn't mean there isn't good examples.
0: Uh, but... Uh, I mean, it's just so common. You're going to be able to find good examples. You're going to be able to find bad examples. You're going to be able to find people who outright ripped off other properties to do the same thing.
1: Oh, Um, yeah, like, I believe you can literally just write as half of your episode title Reincarnated Adjective in Another World. Or Reincarnated uh, Proper Noun? Reincarnated Job Title in Another World? Anyway, it's a genre now.
0: (laughs) Uh, But... uh, then I was thinking, like what, what could, could we do to uh put a, put a fresh spin, spin it? on it yeah and my my thought for a fresh spin would be uh, uh, a wizard who is immortal and he's lived so long that he's forgotten that he's actually human uh like forgot his childhood, forgot his parents, forgot all of his friends uh like so he he just like views humans as as peons and and like their lives are 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 not valuable uh but then decides that maybe he should uh, reevaluate what it means to be human. And so he sets into motion an evil plan and then reincarnates himself as the hero who is supposed to stop the plan in an attempt to teach, to remind himself of what it means to be human.
1: And I love the core idea. I definitely do. But what led to an interesting way of why this got put down to number three on the list is we have a character, but we didn't have a plot or a setting. And as a collaborative project, we could definitely take the time to flesh out a plot, flesh out a setting, and we could make this happen. Mm-hmm. But the it's like the idea isn't an early enough stage that it could be anything, which makes it harder to commit to that as a project. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. hey, I wrote a sweet D&D character. Now we put it in a and <laughs> d world and we're good to play. And like, I'm all about a sweet D&D character. Someone gives me a pitch for a character. I'm like, oh, man, I'd love to play that in D&D. That's how mm. you can tell you pitched me a good character idea I like. So this project, like, okay, I can think of a lot of ways we can go with it. But literally Mm. because the idea was like, we have a theme, we have a character's want, and as they go for the want, they learn what they need. Like, all right, we got a solid character arc. Mm. But we still need to come up with, you know, everything else.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely everything else.
1: Because it's like, this could take place anywhere from a psychic academy to the plains of Morador. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I could even have spun this into being about robots somehow if I really wanted, if I was committed enough. Uh, we,
0: we, we did have our Tacomancer short story that we, that we kind of sort of worked on for a while there, which was, which was actually kind of similarly themed, where it was a, a, a robot overlord. He didn't realize that he was the robot overlord because his memories had been erased.
1: Yeah, it's like he downloaded his brain into a body that couldn't fit the entire hard job space, so he got random files and thought he was the hero. But it was really just he was remembering his deep hatred of the hero, so he thought he deeply hated himself and then was working to fix himself. <laughs> it's It was complex, it was lovely, and never quite got finished. I did end up almost mm. making an interactive version of it for a class project. But... <laughs> Anyway, moving on from that idea, which was a solid one, we go to number two. Uh, number two. Time to duel, duel, do Well,
0: the the Shonen Jump ass recently released uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yuxol <laughs> on their vault. Ugh,
1: I cannot uh, play Yu-Gi-Oh! Cards anymore. The rules have changed too much. I physically can't. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Uh, but,
0: I, uh, it also tied into the reincarnated hero because, for some reason, Yu-Gi-Oh! characters are just reincarnated heroes.
1: Except in the original one where he was literally possessed by a vengeful ghost. Oh man, original Yu-Gi-Oh! was whack, y'all. Uh,
0: well, I mean, uh, didn't he end up being the reincarnation of the Pharaoh and Kaiba ended up being the reincarnation of his rival? Now,
1: Kaiba was a reincarnation. The Pharaoh just straight up was a lich he literally just put his soul into a phylactery and possessed a teenager's body. Oh, okay. But Kaiba got to be a reincarnation because love. And then his girlfriend became his favorite trading card, which is why he was obsessed with it, which is really, really funny.
0: <laughs> but, but more to the point, Yu-Gi-Oh! uh obviously... Uh, they're, they're playing, playing the card game, and they're, they're doing things, and it's like, I don't understand how this actually works. But then uh, they were actually incredibly consistent uh, with uh, phrases and, and uh, keywords that once they said something, did something, it always did that thing. Like if a card had an ability, it's like, okay, well, now that card just has that ability, and every chapter going forward. That that is Dicard's ability. And And that got me thinking, uh, how would you, um, particularly for the medium of written word, as opposed to uh, a comic strip or a manga, how would one go about uh, creating a story about a trading card
1: game? And my brain immediately sparked at that idea because I'm like, okay, I was in the generation where they really wanted to sell me things. So Beyblade Mm -hmm. was a series... Bakugan, MetaBots. It's like, yeah, no, the idea of that how do I weave a game into a narrative? So the game is part of the narrative structure and you still tell a good story with it. Cause mm. as much as people could easily say Yu-Gi-Oh was a bad story, this bad story sold more than most books will ever in their life. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I am not a good of writer, writer as the writer of Yu-Gi-Oh, who recently passed away a moment of silence. But yeah, I cannot do that. I do not at this moment possess the ability to be like, okay, here's my book about a fictional game. And it's so compelling, you then go out and buy the fictional game. (laughs) And I'm like, I want to do this. But I have to let you know, Carl, and this is why this is a silver medal product. You do realize we need to make a game, right? Like, we don't have to make every part of the game, but we'd have to write convincing enough rules that as we wrote this novel that was played with this game, that it made sense and didn't collapse under its internal logic. Because nothing I hate more than watching an anime that's like, I reincarnated a fantasy world that uses video game logic for some reason. Or I reincarnated a video game and then the game just wouldn't work. Like, recently I watched Mm. the... What did they call it? Blue shirt guy? The Ryan Reddles in a is a video game NPC oh, free movie? Guy. Free guy, thank you. And they broke their own video game internal logic and it made me so angry. So a character <laughs> straight up says, How is he kissing me? There's no kiss button. And then she kisses him back. You just said that you cannot do that. It's not a VR game. You're at a keyboard with a mouse. He can do whatever he wants. He's a self aware program. You as the player can't! Or it's like, oh, I'm hitting servers with a hatchet, which is just destroying chunks of the game, but we can't exit the game. Our our programmers can't get us to this island, but we have to smash a bridge and jump it. I'm like, you've never played a video game before in your life. That's not how (laughs) anything works. You can't just hit the server with a hatchet to destroy a neighborhood. You at least get like three consultants from Activision... Or Ubisoft, just to nod sagely and be like, "No, that's not how that works." That would just be their job is vetoing your nonsense. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I did love Free Guy, but, uh,
0: but right
1: time, it, it was it was a terrible, terrible video game game. But was a, that's the thing is, if they actually had these tech consultants, that movie would have been like a ten out of ten. Because oh man, references and Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds, like yeah. <laughs> flawless movie except that you'd set it in a video game and had never played a video game before in your life you just like the idea of a video game yeah and i hate when people state facts like this is how our internal logic works and then don't do it you could just not have said it you could have not said we only have 12 hours to go to three fetch quests to the death star you just had to not say that dialogue and we could not know how much time it took This is fixable! You did this! (laughs) The moment you say you only get three Jidoris, he only gets three Jidoris! Don't let him have seven. Anyway, (laughs) the silver medal idea, which I'm still like, oh man, you can still sell me on of make a card make a novel that based around a fictional game that tells the story of it accurately, concisely enough, that then would encourage people to go out and buy the game, which we have, is like, oh man, that's awesome. I would love to just be the next Pokemon. I'd settle for the next card captures. Card sense the cloud, Expect the unexpected. <laughs> the now. Oh, I'm having well, limits. We're not going to be the next Pokemon, or are we? So no. on to idea number one. Uh,
0: I, I, uh, idea number one. Uh, <laughs> this is this is the idea uh, that I, I I ironically I put the least thought into, but I was most certain you would like. And that's what's because, fascinating. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh. There, there are a lot of uh, monster-raising games.
1: The '90s were uh, just full of them,
0: <laughs> but none of them have any real plot or world-building. Like even, even Pokemon, like it kind of has this weird, like plot that goes on in the background, but it like constantly contradicts itself.
1: Pikachu, um, aim for the Rhydorn's horn. Pikachu, why? <laughs> 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 um, but so,
0: uh, like, uh, it, it would be refreshing to have a, a slice of life story about what it's like to actually be on a uh, monster ranch in one of these bizarre worlds where monsters are. Like Like core core to the functioning of society.
1: And one thing I kind of want to mention about these weighted ideas in general. So when Carl first came to me with a really well thought out pitch as an editor and as a coach, I was very confident I could help him write that book. But when it comes Mm. to collaboration, showing up to the table of half an idea is almost stronger because showing up Mm -hmm. with a what is life like for these people on these monster farms like, what does a normal citizen do in Pokemon? Not the 12-year-old trying to be the Pokemon League champion. What's going on in this background farm with the person with this weave hat with the melodics rolling around? What is their life? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I love this idea. Especially, I like the idea that there's so much for us to flesh out. Like, I really like mm-hmm. the card game one for similar reasons of, okay, we have a concept. And now we get to work together to flesh out the world, the setting, the characters, and build this thing. Hmm. But as you said, the idea you knew I'd like the most was ironically the one that had the least pre-work done. Because it's just so (laughs) strong of, like, oh man, my brain immediately went corner gas meets Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) Is that not just... That would be amazing. Right? Like, if we could pull that off, like, what do we do? Oh yeah, we raise dragons. Well, what's the conflict? We raise dragons.
0: Uh, for for some context, in case uh, some people haven't seen Corner Gas,
1: um, <laughs> go watch Corner Gas. I I weirdly can comfortably say that that's my first like non animated non fantasy recommendation on this show. Go watch Corner Gas. It's great.
0: It it is it is a, a hilarious comedy about the hijinks that happen in in uh, well I mean it's a big it's almost a big city in uh, in Saskatchewan, but. Uh, by comparison, like the, the biggest cities in the biggest city in Saskatchewan is Saskatoon at like three hundred thirty thousand people.
1: Just so you're aware, uh, and then before this podcast, we were talking about Arcane and the Tencent that owns it. Tencent has as equal number of employees as the population of Saskatoon.
0: By, and then the next <laughs> biggest city is is Regina with like two hundred fifty thousand or something like that. Uh, and then the next biggest city is
1: Prince Albert. I don't know. Which, 40,000? Somehow I never went to Prince Albert. Never been there.
0: Uh, And so it's like, like the population centers in Saskatchewan drop off super quickly because it's like 40,000 then it's like Moose Jaw with 30,000 and then it's like Swift Current with like 16,000.
1: I know I made a joke one time that the zombie apocalypse happened while we lived in Swift Current. I feel like me and Carl could actually kill that many zombies and just be good. Like that is a killable number of zombies. You could just actually feasibly Especially since in Saskatchewan winter, there's no amount of magic that can make a zombie move in minus 50. I think it's actually feasible to just reclaim that city and be good to go. Like, you could just de-zombie the whole thing, build a deep trench around it, let it fill with snow all winter, and then it just turns to awful mud trap in the summer. And then they just drowned in the mud trap. Anyway.
0: The whole point of the matter is uh, that, like, that kind of small-town life uh it's actually like there's a lot of hygiene and shenanigans uh that we get up to and and corner gas really is like an encapulation of that kind of small town life in saskatchewan and then if we could just like add take that energy pokemon to that <laughs> add pokemon to that energy um <laughs> i think that would be a pretty great great story
1: i agree so odds are that's the project that During this podcast and afterward, we're probably going to start actively working on. Because anyone who knows me, you know, Deep Space and Dragons, where do you think the dragons came from? Obviously, me. Like, if you come to me and be like, hey, I want to work on this project, I'd be like, I don't know. It's like, well, it's a romance story about werewolves. I'm like, yeah, there's dragons in it. Wait, what? Completely changes everything. Sadly, the werewolf story I'm helping edit doesn't contain zero dragons. It's a very missed opportunity.
0: But yeah, so so kind of like flipping this back around to where we started, where where I, I had pitched uh, a horror story, and it was a horror story uh, that doesn't even actually have any actual monsters. Uh, and so it's like I pitched this idea, and it is something that I that I think I could could feasibly write, and it would be an interesting story. Uh, and then uh, Richard could potentially edit for me.
1: Um, I'm real good at it. I got 102 percent in my editing class. I'm a nerd.
0: What? But uh, it really did not pitch at all to any anything that that Richard cared about, and so it ended up not making a very good collaborative project because it's like, what is there to collaborate on?
1: And it's funny what I almost like was deeply hurt at how much this didn't target my interest after we did a podcast about our shared interest for a year, where we went in deep <laughs> emotional detail about every one of our shared interests in sequence. It's like. The closest we got to an episode of horror is when we talked about how anime doesn't fit into horror categories. Mm. (laughs) Like, we explicitly went, yeah, you can call all of these dark fantasy or horror, because they're basically the same thing. And they at least put dragons and swords in them to keep me invested. Or stands. (laughs) Man, how has JoJo's never had a dragon? Missed opportunity. If the creator of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is watching our podcast, which I'm sure he is, we need dragons in the next part. The next part of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, just have a character, like, have a character go back even earlier, like a pre-JoJo's to an earlier Joestar who fought dragons. Please. <laughs> we we deserve Stans fighting dragons in medieval England with all JoJo characters. Like, this just seems like the natural progression.
0: <laughs> completely
1: natural progression. for any other series no for JoJo's yeah fair game
0: uh, JoJo's can, JoJo's is great because it can do whatever it wants and it just keeps
1: going I wish I had that confidence I wish I had the confidence just drop giant robots in my second no- fantasy novel
0: oh, or like the guy who uh, um, <laughs> did, did Rave Master
1: and, and Fairy Tail and-, and Eden Zero <laughs> Yep, and then made them all just canonically connected because he can.
0: <laughs> like, oh man, <laughs> what
1: the self confidence? Have the balls to like to draw the same characters three times? Time? Like, I respect it too because it's like, what if Space Lucy is like, I respect your commitment. You're like, yeah, I'm just gonna do three Gerald's, okay? I am doing it. What are you gonna do? Not publish me, <laughs> coward? Come at me, bro. Uh, for the record, Fairy Tale's so trash, but I actually like Stan Fairy Tale. I could give a whole speech about how Fairy Tale was somehow not sexist because it objectified everybody equally. Mm. But that's an episode for another day. We'll probably do a fairy tale episode at some point. <laughs> <laughs> at some point, yeah. But now that we've recapped our conversation about our writing projects and we didn't go too much into how the nitty-gritty is probably going to function, because we're running out of episode mm-hmm. time. It seems recapping our ideas and then comparing them to anime and TV shows filled our entire episode slot, right? which I'm ha- completely fine with. <laughs> we didn't even talk about Bleach that much. <laughs> <But> <laughs> moving on. So first notice, just a little bit of post-episode notes before we get into our random question of the day. I have put the first six chapters of The Waltz of Blades on Wattpad to be free to enjoy. There'll be a link in Mm. the episode description. You could just search The Waltz of Blades. You can search Richard Kivas. And just watch. Read some chapters. They're free. No reason not to. And if you read those Mm. chapters, like, I need more book. Enter our weekly drawing. Send in your random question via email. YouTube comment. Messenger pigeon. Parallel time clone dream. Um, America Chavez to go to another parallel dimension. So then I dream of your question. There's a lot of ways you can get your questions to us.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, now I'm just thinking of ridiculous ways people have sent messages back in time. Like some of my favorite ways people send messages that are just ridiculous, like dreaming of, maybe you could show up in my dream as a ghost who I've already fought on a staircase to give me a thumbs up and the question.
0: Or, you know, maybe you could send the police to check if he's okay and whether or not he got your message.
1: First off, if you call the police on me to, to give me the random question of the week, you are as bold as drawing Urza three times for fairy tale. <laughs> 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 uh, also, if you're a current artist in Show & Jump, please, just in next week's Show & Jump, especially if you're writing Doron Duran and listen to our podcast, please just write in the background a character of a sign saying Deep Space and Dragons question of the week. That would be amazing. That would make my life.
0: That would would be amazing.
1: But yes, answer your questions to win a digital deluxe edition of the Waltz of Blades digital deluxe. It's both digital and deluxe. And it has extra chapters those WAPAD chumps with their free chapters will never get. (laughs) And with that, a random question comes in from a happy fan. Here's our question. How superstitious are you?
0: Me? Superstitious?
1: Right. Uh,
0: not at all. Um, yeah? I mean, like, any, any sort of superstition that someone might have uh, is most likely just a physical phenomenon that we haven't found a way to explain yet. Like, That's just, historically speaking, unless unless we live in some sort of revisionist history where all the actual superstitions have just been rewritten as science, uh, that's like... <laughs> Superstition doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, to answer for myself as well. So I'm a fan of the drama. Like, how can I put this? I described in a job interview the other day that I'm a professional liar. And I don't lie for evil. I lie for effect. 80% of what I say is true, and 20% is grossly exaggerated for dramatic effect. Mm. So I'm not a superstitious human being. But will I take a handful of salt and throw it behind me and say, be gone, demon, before I race you in Mario Kart? Yes. Do I think it'll do anything? No. Do I think it's funny, therefore I should do it? Absolutely. So, I'll be like, black cat crosses our path, we're going to die. You'd be like, black cats are dangerous. I'm like, that was a panther! <laughs> well, okay, I mean, so,
0: like... I, I do also like to joke, because when, when, like, there's a lot of rabbits around, around uh, <laughs> particularly in my neighborhood, actually. There's lots of rabbits around here. Um, and so, whenever I'm going out late at night and I see a rabbit, I'm like, ooh! Rabbits are lucky. I must be going the right way.
1: Exactly. Or Uh, the, huh, that rabbit only has three legs. I guess it's mad that someone stole its luck and it's coming for you in the shadows. As you look behind you in the reflection of the dew in the grass, (laughs) you see it watching and lurking, waiting to reclaim its fate. So... You
0: you say you don't like horror, and then you're like one of the most horrifying DMs to, to ever grace my ears.
1: Oh yeah, great. But that's the thing is, I have to be in the right mind. You have to give me the right tools. Like, to mention one of my readers of The Waltz of Blades that just finished up the book yesterday is, your book was so happy and happy-go-loving, and I haven't emotionally recovered from what you did to me yet. <laughs> Which is, oh, one of my favorite reviews I've ever gotten of all time, is I haven't emotionally covered. I I can't talk to you about this yet. I'm like, oh, yes, I did actual <laughs> spiritual damage. Ah, So, yeah, not superstitious in the slightest, but I do find it funny. That's my actual stance on superstition. Mm. It's kind of funny, like, in Critical Role and Things, people be like, this dice is bad. And I'm like, nah, it's never the dice. But I do enjoy the idea of having, like, a pneumatic press on my desk and just crunching a dice for betraying me. (laughs) So I guess I could say it's not that I'm superstitious, it's that I leverage superstition for personal and narrative amusement. Mm. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We occasionally stream on Twitch. Click that subscribe button. You'll be notified when we go live. It's often on Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. And other than just sending in random questions for us, you can also send in streaming suggestions. Because I am a student writer. So when people say professional author, they don't actually think of a rich person. They think of a very emotionally stable person who's eating instant noodles. So if you send us a request for a game and I have it, it's very likely I'll play it on stream for your amusement. If you send me a game Mm -hmm. and tell me to play it with Carl, the odds go up drastically because I can't just buy every video game I want.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But yes, Mm -hmm. random questions, streaming suggestions, smiley faces. And thank (laughs) you for everyone for tuning in. Do you have any last words of wisdom for our loving audience? Mm, uh, well, I mean, if, if you, you do, do
0: go for the Triforce, uh, the Triforce of Wisdom does seem to be the, the best one, because the Triforce of Power will turn you into some sort of horrible monster, and the Triforce of Courage will uh, send you on a dangerous quest. So,
1: Perfect way to end the episode. Take care, make sure to love each other, bye! <laughs> bye!